The New Orleans Saints have made a lot of positive moves so far this offseason, but have they gotten better? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day. Every day, don't forget to subscribe and follow for free on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, so you don't miss new episodes every single Monday through Friday. Now, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the media, CrescentCitySports.com, USA Today's Saints Wire, Tuesdays a lot in NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. Make sure you check them out for their no sweat first bet. You can find it today over at FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more on today's episode could Tulane linebacker Dorian Williams be staying home here in Louisiana we'll take a look at some of the late uh later round draft linebackers that make sense for New Orleans I'll also explain to you why Iowa's Jack Campbell amongst another group of early linebackers the Saints could take in this year's draft would be perfect fits for them but first have the Saints actually gotten better this offseason I think that there is an argument for either side, but you know what? I'm going to play devil's advocate today, and I'm going to say that I'm not so sure they have, or if they have, it comes with caveats. So we can say yes, but, but I'm not certain that I can say yes just yet. I do think that they're on their way. Just to be very clear, I do think that they're on their way. And as we've said from the very beginning, once the Derek Carr signing happened, that the Saints were off to a good start, but they still had a lot to get accomplished. And they have done some of those things. They handled safety depth. They also handled defensive back depth, which I think was a really important thing that maybe not a lot of people talked about over the course of this offseason. But I think they did a good job there. They added a couple, you know, uh, uh, several free agents. Ugo Amadi, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks earlier on in the offseason before free agency really even got going. Jonathan Abram just a couple of weeks ago, a guy that Derek uh, Carr, the Saints' new quarterback, helped to bring to New Orleans because of their great relationship and knowing him as a great teammate. I also think that the addition of Lonnie Johnson Jr. goes a long way, even though it very likely means goodbye to P.J. Williams, because Lonnie Johnson Jr. holds the same type of versatility as a guy like P.J. Williams. So I think that's more of a one-for-one replacement than it is really an improvement. And that's where I get stuck a lot looking position by position so far over the course of the offseason is that there's two spots where I think you could argue that the Saints got better, but there's also a couple of those spots that come with caveats. There's two spots where I think they got a little bit worse and still have more work to do. And there's a bunch of other spots where they just kind of stayed the same. And for some, staying the same might be marked improvement if you stay the same and those players get better, but we don't know that yet. We just don't know that yet. And so that's one of the caveats. So let's go position by position here. And you can tell me if you agree or disagree. It's totally fine. And you can tell I spent a lot of time on this because if you're one of the folks watching on YouTube, you can see that my hair is growing back, which means I have not been self-caring. Instead, I've been researching. So you know I'm about to get in. You know I'm about to go in today. <laughs> um, so let's start off with quarterback, obviously. That's, that's the number one place, the most important 
position on the field, the thing that the Saints went into the offseason saying, we know we have to make a change here. And so what did they do? They improved that. And I don't think there's much caveat there. I think they improved that position. They went and got themselves a guy that can place passes in a put put players in a situation with the placement of his passes where they can make tight window throws. He throws receivers open. Uh, he and Derek Carr can set up protections. I know protection reads were a huge issue for the New Orleans Saints last year because the quarterback wasn't always making those reads. It was a split relationship between the quarterback and the center. Giving away some dirty secrets here. But having Derek Carr come in alleviates all that. He can make the protection calls. You get a little bit more Drew Breesian in terms of how the pre-snap mechanics work now back in New Orleans. Not necessarily the execution, but pre-snap mechanics. Wide receiver, I think they improved, but, and that's going to be a big thing, improved, but, that caveat, but, is Michael Thomas going to stay healthy? Does Brian Edwards translate to this system and improve upon guys that you lost, like Marquez Calloway? Does he improve upon Traquan Smith, who takes probably a lesser role this year if he stays on the roster through camp? Does Brian Edwards come in and is he an improvement? Now, there's obviously more additions, more signings that the Saints can make. They can address wide receiver in the draft, which I think would be a wise thing to do. A couple of mock drafts here recently have the Saints paired up with Jordan Addison out of USC formerly of Pittsburgh, love that. But they haven't done that yet, so I can't say they've improved the position that much. That's fair. Running back improved, but what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara? Are you going to add more bodies to that room so that if you don't have Alvin Kamara for, let's just call it six to 10 games next season, are you going to be prepared for that? Is Jamal Williams going to be the complete workhorse, or do you have somebody else that you're planning to bring in in order to be able to split those reps? Is Eno Benjamin that person, or is it someone else? Still too many question marks. They've improved, but we don't know. Tight end, they effectively stayed the exact same. Juwan Johnson, Adam Troutman, Taysom Hill. And then you have Lucas Krull. See what I almost did there? That was a throwback for those of you who were here for camp last year who almost heard me call him Nick Krull. Lucas Krull. You got him coming back very likely on that future reserve deal. However, what does he turn into? Can you improve this position more? I think you have to. Right now, they're effectively the exact same minus Nick Vanette at this point last season. An offensive line, I don't think they've done enough. I think the addition of Jari Evans as assistant offensive line coach goes a long way. But you've got Cesar Ruiz and Andrews Pete potentially both under contract years this year. You still have Trevor Penning, who you have high hopes for, but need him to stay healthy. Ryan Ramchek, who's fantastic, but you need him to stay healthy. And Eric McCoy, who's awesome and also needs to stay healthy. But if one of those guys goes down, have you improved your depth with Storm Norton? I don't think so. Not yet. So still more work to be done there. Defensive line, I think it's safe to say they got worse. I think that's safe to say. You only have three defensive, well, now you've got four defensive tackles on the roster, but you got to, you got to improve Two, you know, half of those three quarters of those have never played a snap in your, in your defense. Prince Amelli, who's on that reserve future deal, who was on the practice squad last year. Colin Saunders, huge, huge signing. Nathan Shepard, great signing. Love both of them. Haven't played a snap in your defense this year or in it yet. And so the only real you know, holdover that you've got here is Malcolm Roach. So I think it's fair to say you've gotten worse. You also lost Marcus Davenport. You need to figure out who's going to be your star edge rusher across from Cameron Jordan. Still a lot of questions to answer on the defensive line. So I don't think that they've improved there. A linebacker, you lost Caden Ellis. I think you got worse there. You got Demario Davis. You got Pete Werner. That's good. 
at best, you stayed the same. But I think losing Cade Nellis and losing the, especially the production you got from him in 2023, I think he got worse there. Cornerback, the same with a little bit more depth. Safety, much deeper now, but still the same in terms of who your starters are. And I don't think you're going to get much better than Marcus May and Tyron Matthew. But what happens when Marcus May isn't on the field? So you've stayed the same, but. So I'm not here to say that the Saints haven't had a good offseason. I think they've had the best offseason out of anyone in their divi- in the division so far in terms of the NFC South. I think some would rank the Carolina Panthers up there, but there's so much unknown with that first overall pick. Which quarterback will that quarterback translate to the NFL? All that. Still too many question marks there for me to say, yeah, great job. Um, so I do think that they've had the best offseason in the division so far. However, I can't say that they are done or that they fully improved. There's still work to be done. I think they can improve. I think that by the time that the draft is over, by the time that they get to training back, they will training camp, they will have improved. I think by the start of the 2023 season, they will be a better team than they were at the end of the 2022 season. I think that's safe to say. But they're not there yet, and they still have a lot of work to get done. Some of that work is addressing that second level over on defense. What are they going to do at linebacker? Well, we know they want to add depth there. Dennis Allen said it. So who are some of the best options they can find in this year's draft, day one and day two? We got some of those names coming up for you here as we continue on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all of America, in all of America. It is the spot for you to be when it comes to anything you want to get involved in when it comes to betting. You want to take a look at futures when it comes to division, conference, Super Bowl odds. You can even get in on some early end of year awards as well. All of that is there for you over at FanDuel. Win totals will be up soon as well. It's that time of the year. But of course, there's the men's and women's final four that you can get involved in, the NBA and MLB opening day. Tons of fun stuff for you to get involved in over in the MLB as well, including parlays to where you can bet on more things in a single game in order to be able to uh, win a larger prize if you get all of those rights. Make sure you go and check them out today and don't miss that no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets that you'll get if you're a new customer. And if you head over today to fanduel.com slash locked on to get that no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets. Once again, that is fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. The New Orleans Saints want to add more depth to their defensive second level linebackers, along with Demario Davis and Pete Werner, who are your absolute bona fide starters. But yeah, we had a bunch of question marks after that. Can can Zach Bond turn the corner? Um, Is DeMarco Jackson going to be healthy in 2023? And, you know, this is effectively going to be his rookie year. So can he quickly turn a corner? Can some of those other linebackers toward the bottom of the roster, toward the back of the depth chart, step up and claim larger roles? I think the Saints' best bet is to draft a linebacker this offseason if that's a spot that they really want to hone in on. And you, But the, the caveat here is that you could do it early or you could do it late. And either way, you're probably pretty good off. Appreciate you as always. Make it locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Question of the day today. If we turn Locked on Saints into a drinking game, give me some parameters because I say I use my rhetorical right a lot, and that's probably a pretty good one. So there's your question of the day. All right, let's get into these linebackers. Jack Campbell, the Iowa linebacker, he is your quintessential Mike linebacker. So a little bit of fundamentals for you. Mike is the middle linebacker in a 4-3 system. That is the per- And 4-3 means four, four down linemen. 
three linebackers at the second level. Your middle linebacker, oftentimes called Mike, that's your guy that's got the green dot on the back of the helmet, which means he has a communication device in his helmet. He's calling all the shots. He's given the setups, the adjustments, all these other things. He's going back and forth with that quarterback across the opposite side of the line of scrimmage. He is the Jonathan Vilma putting Tracy Porter in position with a defensive play shift that puts Tracy Porter in position to get the interception that seals the Super Bowl, right? Or that, you know, wins the Super Bowl. That's what a Mike linebacker is. And so Demario Davis is effectively your guy there. He's the one that calls all the shots. He does all the defense. Um, Jack Campbell's that guy. He's the one that you draft to develop to be the next Demario Davis, to be the next quarterback of your defense. He fits in every scheme, very versatile in that way. Uh, six foot four, 249 pounds, fantastic linebacker size, 9.98 RAS score. So that tells you everything you need to know in terms of how his, how athletic he is for the position that he plays across the history of other players that played his position. That's what RAS scores are. And it's out of a perfect 10. So 9.98 is pretty darn good. It's like watching Locked on Saints or listening to Locked on Saints. It's not a perfect 10, but it's right there. It's close. <laughs> um, the thing that I like about Jack Campbell is that he is your above the shoulders football guy. He knows everything. He reads, he reacts, he clicks, he closes. He does everything very well. He is your Luke Keekly mold in terms of, we know all your plays, dude, that guy. Not far behind him in terms of my favorite linebackers in this year's class is Arkansas linebacker Drew Sanders. Reason why I like Arkansas linebacker Drew Sanders, the guy played tight end, he played wide receiver, he played quarterback. He understands the offensive side of the football. But before he transitioned to off-ball linebacker, when he transferred to Arkansas, he was at Alabama playing a pass rusher role. So he gives you somebody that's a converted pass rusher with off-ball upside, which means that he can drop back into coverage or he can pin his ears back, come after your quarterback. In terms of immediate impact in the New Orleans Saints defense, that right there at six foot four, 235 pounds, don't have his RES score, didn't test much. Um, he is like your copy and paste Caden Ellis replacement and maybe just comes on a little bit quicker, which puts the Saints in position to actually be able to hold on to that talent. Because when he's ready for a starting role, the Saints could potentially have a starting role for him. When it, everything clicked for Caden Ellis and all of a sudden the world got to see who he was, he was very much ready for a starting role. The Saints didn't have a starting role to offer him. So you, got, you get a Drew Sanders who gives you that guy right now. Now you might have to grab him at pick 40 in order to really be able to take advantage of it, or you see him drop a little bit, trade up from 71, and you can grab him. Potentially. Who knows? It's the draft. He could go off the board to the Seahawks in round one. You know how the Seahawks beat sometimes. Next up, Clemson linebacker Trenton Simpson, a little bit smaller than the other guys that we've been discussing so far who have been sort of in that six foot four range, but not by much. He's six foot two. Six foot two, 235, 9.83 RAS score. Remember, that's out of a perfect 10. 4-4-3-40, blaze the 40-yard dash, especially for a linebacker, but also put up 25 bench reps. So he's got speed, he's got strength, he's got size, he's got what I like to call, he's that guy. Boy, spicy. Remarkable as a run, uh, as a run defender as well. Um, and, and just really, really good speed, sideline to sideline, all of that. He'd be your nickel linebacker. He could be your guy if Pete Werner goes down. I don't know that he would be ready to step into a communication role, but if you, you, you would have time to train him to get there because you've got Demario Davis. But Pete Werner, he could step into that role that Pete Werner deals with further injury, right? And then maybe you can kind of cross-train him a little bit and say, okay, he's got the athleticism at 4-4-3, get him tuned up a little bit as a pass rusher, and then maybe he 
turns into what Caden Ellis was. And lastly, for my short list of uh, day one, day two guys, this is not the end-all, be-all list. We'll get to some other names as well as we continue to get closer and closer to the draft. But hey, I got, I got time here, right? Uh, Alabama's Henry, it's pronounced To'o To'o. T-O apostrophe O, T-O apostrophe O. Really, really talented player. And the style of linebacker that he plays would be such a perfect fit in a New Orleans Saints system. You want to put him in a 4-3 nickel-heavy defense that also has some pass-rushing emphasis. And that's exactly who the New Orleans Saints you know, have proven to be over time, to where they can put this guy on, send him as a blitzer, where they could also utilize him as a nickel guy, but send him as a blitzer, right? Like they can do so many cool things with a guy like To'o To'o. The issue or the concern that's the why the Saints would draft him. Here's the why the Saints might not draft him. He's small. He's undersized and lacks an athletic profile as well. Six foot one, 227 pounds. Really, really small. Really, really light. Now, the Saints made it work with Quan Alexander, but Quan Alexander wasn't much of a pass rusher. You saw him give up a lot of big runs. Remember, he's the one that picked the wrong gap and gave the sideline to Miles Sanders on like an 80, 60 something yard run against the Philadelphia Eagles a couple of years ago. Now, Toto has got a great mind, really, really intelligent player, might make the right decision there, but his usage would be so limited for the New Orleans Saints that maybe it wouldn't work out very well, but it could. 6.77 RAS score, there's another why the Saints probably won't draft him thing, just doesn't have the athletic profile that you're looking for at the position, doesn't have the athletic profile that the Saints would look for as a draft pick. Not that the Saints just look at RAS scores and go, draft him. It doesn't work like that, but it's a good metric to consider just in terms of like understanding athletic profiles. Coming up next, it doesn't just have to be day one or day two. The Saints could go into day three and still walk away with a linebacker that could absolutely contribute to their defense and make that linebacker position group take it from getting a little bit worse to even getting a little bit better and could even do it with a hometown guy. Got that coming up for you as we continue on a wrap of today's episode of Locked on Saints. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day with the day three linebackers that you should be watching out for that could be really good fits for the New Orleans Saints and maybe even help them improve their linebacker position, which is a big time need that still remains unchecked on their to-do list this off season. So I've got four names for you, two of which have a specific tie to the New Orleans Saints. Let's start off with them, even though they might not necessarily be the perfect fit for New Orleans. There are some specific ties that are really interested in this year's class. First one I'm going to start with is Tulane linebacker Dorian Williams. Now, Dorian Williams, fantastic in coverage, super rangy, has a lot of special teams acumen as well. And remember, we're getting into day three here, which is oftentimes nicknamed special teams day. So this all of a sudden becomes a part of the evaluation. Very Quan Alexander-like, six foot one, 228 pounds, ran a 4.49 was the estimated time in his pro day 40, 33 and a half inch vertical. So he's got some explosion there too. Reason why you look at reason why I like to look at vertical and broad jump for linebackers is that if especially in a, a guy in coverage at the snap if he's dropping back into his shorter intermediate zone right depending upon what his play call is if the pass happens in front of him or if the pass happens lateral to him can he see that that pass is going and have enough burst from what is effectively a standstill position to break on the ball. That's why I like the explosion stuff. How, how high can you jump? How far can you jump 
from stationary, from being stationary. So that's that's how that translates just into like the everyday NFL game. Uh, it's not perfect, but that's one of the reasons why I look at it. Um, just needs to be able to react a little bit quicker in his game. You can see that on the tape. Trouble fighting through blocks as well when it gets into the run game. So that's one of those reasons why maybe you look at him as a nickel linebacker, a will linebacker. So we broke down Mike earlier, middle linebacker, will, W, weak side linebacker. So that's the guy that's not necessarily lining up where the heft of the offense is, lining up over on the weaker side, which often puts him in coverage situations, while the Sam or strong side linebacker is usually trying to come after the quarterback or playing a little bit more of an on-ball role as it's called, meaning that your your eyes are on the quarterback or you're there in run defense, right? So you're looking at the run fits, you're trying to take care of all that. Understanding play flow, all of that stuff. Um, but his size at six foot one, 228 pounds, if he gets locked up in a blocker, he's out of the play, right? And so that's a little bit of a risk. If you're in a third and five situation and a team decides you're going to run a draw and he gets sucked up by that offensive lineman, it's very unlikely that he's, yeah, he's going anywhere but would be a good will position fit as a coverage linebacker and obviously a great would be a good special teamer as well where you don't have the big bodies blocking you and you can kind of skirt skirt a little bit more if you want to. Uh, here's another linebacker that has an interesting connection to the New Orleans Saints. Name is Ventrell, V-E-N-T-R-E-L-L. Ventrell Miller. He won't be the only Miller on this list, by the way. Florida Gator. So here's where the interesting connection is. He was a part of the class of players that a guy that the Saints are familiar with now, Todd Grantham, who's now the Saints defensive line coach, was also a part of bringing in in Florida. The reason why you like a guy like Ventral Miller, intangibles, intangibles, veteran player, multi-year starter, has a ton of experience. And because of that, does a really good job as a run defender, identifying play flows, seeing the play flow of the offense and knowing where to go, what gap to shoot, where his run fits are, and when I say run fits, the easy way to think about that is just like, what is his responsibility in a run play when it goes one way versus when it goes another way? That, that's really the big thing of it. That's oversimplifying it. Don't be mad at me, coaches out there who are listening or watching the show. Um, I'm trying to keep it simple. Um, and so you love him as a run defender because he's so good at identifying what the opposing offense is doing after the snap and reacting to that and getting downhill to make a play. The issue is that he's not great in coverage. Now, that might not actually be an issue, right? But it could be a little bit of a concern. And so he would be somebody that you look at for early down situations, run down situations, but he's got to come off the field in those coverage situations. Not going to be somebody that's going to be your nickel corner that's going to go out there and cover. One of the big things that you look at with him is size. 232 pounds, really good. Uh, pretty good. Just gets out of that 220 range. That you get a little bit nervous about linebackers, but he's in that 230 range. It's great but six foot flat. So maybe the height becomes something. That's where, you know, you really got to rest on the vertical, which he hasn't done much testing at all this off season. So you don't know really what the vertical is. So that's why the visits are going to be important for a guy like this. Cause I want to know, can you get up and knock a pass down? Can you clog up a passing lane? Or am I putting you on the field on a first down? And then a first down pass is going right over your head because you're not going to be able to make a play on that ball. So there's just a lot in terms of the coverage concerns there. Let me give you a guy that I really, really like. Oregon linebacker Noah Sewell. Now his brother, Nephi Sewell, set to be on the roster again, at least for training camp on a reserve future deal. Elite pass rusher. That's what I like about this guy a lot. You want somebody that's going to be kind of like what we just discussed uh, out of Drew Sanders, who can come in and immediately be kind of a Caden Ellis replacement for you. Uh, Noah Sewell could be that guy as late as round four. 
He's earlier day three. If he makes it that far, maybe he's late day two, but still putting him in the same range. Really, really good pass rusher. Pretty good size, six foot one, but 246 pounds. You love that. 8.33 RAS score. So he's got the athletic profile that checks the boxes as well. Uh, would be a solid replacement for Caden Ellis and really smart. Another one that's just hyper experienced, has a lot of experience. And you know how much the Saints love that, right? You look at the draft class last year, it was filled with team captains and very experienced players. Uh, Noah Sewell uh, fits within that mold. And finally, I'm going to wrap up with another Miller. This one's a Miller Jr. Aubrey Miller Jr. out of Jackson State University. So I'm immediately going to say it just like everyone else will. Um, talent of opponent is a concern here, of course. But when you're dominant, <laughs> Against the level of opposition that you've been going up against, that's worth considering. And he was one of those guys. Phenomenal leader. Really, really fantastic leader. I cannot stress how good a leader a guy, uh, how good a leader Aubrey Miller is as a guy. Uh, special teams ace as well, which remember that becomes really important in this level of the draft. Pass rusher on select downs and situations. Very Caden Ellis in that role but has that sort of Zach Bond potential fall off if he can't, if the pass rush doesn't translate to the next level. And here's why the pass rush skills might not translate to the next level. 5'11", 229 pounds. Now he's got room on that frame to add a little bit more weight. Doesn't have to add a lot to get into the 230 range and then it immediately makes you feel a little bit better about him from the numbers perspective. But most importantly, can you translate your skill as a pass rusher from the collegiate ranks to the NFL. Otherwise, you're going to have sort of that Zach Bond stifle moment. Now, you're willing to take that risk with a fifth round selection or trading up into the sixth round or potentially even drafting this guy in the seventh round or as a UDFA. You're willing to take that risk because you're not repeating the same value of risk that you had to take with Zach Bond, who has not turned the corner yet. And some of that is because the Saints forced him to play off ball linebacker the moment he got into the league. Hey, you know that thing you did really, really well in college? Don't do that anymore. Come and do this thing. You're like, don't do that. And that's part of it. Like, I want to acknowledge that. That's not all on Zach Bond's shoulders. That was the Saints trying to make something happen, seeing something in him and saying, we can make that happen. And then so far, not being able to make that happen. And that's why they've gone back to the draft several years since then to draft linebacker. So Aubrey Miller comes in and can be one of these dudes that maybe translates or doesn't translate, but you're willing to take that risk because he's such a later round pick than a guy like Zach Bond, who was a third round investment. It was considered a first round investment. Don't forget that. So those are the linebackers that you can look at in day three that could still have an immediate impact for you, including a really, really good fit and a guy like Dorian Williams and another player that I'm very excited about in Noah Sewell out of Oregon in particular. Again, those aren't the only options. We'll get to more. I did not speak on Ben Van Summeren because I know I've been talking about him a bunch over the course of the last little bit but we'll revisit him as well as several other linebackers as we continue to inch closer and closer and closer to the NFL draft, which is now less than a month away. Very, very excited about that. Also very, very excited about being back with you here on the show tomorrow because it's Friday, which means in case you missed it, we're going to get you caught up with everything New Orleans Saints have done over the course of the week. All of the notable pieces of news that you need to know so that you're ready when you go to the bar on Saturday or Sunday and you're ready to spit facts. We're going to get you all those facts tomorrow. And I'm also going to let you know uh, who the Saints have been visiting with or have scheduled visits with over the course of this week as well, including including uh, a guy that they spent a little bit of time with after the Florida Pro Day, offensive lineman Osiris Torrance. We'll also break down why he would be a really, really good investment for the Saints this year if they decided to go that route. Appreciate you, as always, 
making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget for your second listen today to go and check out Locked on NFL Scouting. That's Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, the draft dudes. They're here with the Locked on Podcast Network every single Monday through Friday, getting you the information you need to know on how to build the perfect and best NFL franchises across the league. They're giving you that every single Monday through Friday, so you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you never miss a daily episode. Appreciate you as always, y'all, for making me a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.